The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's a Thursday on the Blogging the Boys podcast network, and that means it's time to get riled up on the Cowboys. With your man, Roy White, you can hit me up at rw3 on the Twitter sphere if you want to join in on the conversation. And if this is your first time listening or if you're just getting ready for the Cowboys season, I encourage you to make sure to subscribe to all of the great content here at Blogging the Boys, both our podcast, which we put out two times every single day of the week, but also our YouTube channel, which is growing and growing in number. And we will have tons of pre- and post-game reaction videos, all sorts of content for you all season long there on the YouTube channel. Again, I'm my name's Roy, and the Cowboys are getting ready for preseason game number two. Now, it used to be preseason game number three was the dress rehearsal, but as we all know now with just three preseason games, Preseason game number two is likely going to be the place where the Cowboys make a number of their decisions, and they will play that game in Seattle on Saturday night. Of course, we'll have the pre- and post-game reaction when we encourage you to get involved in that conversation as well. But when the Cowboys take on the Seahawks in game two, there will be a lot of questions that still need to be answered. Now, some players, after game one and throughout their time in training camp, have sort of played their way out of the conversation. And we'll get into that group as well, as well as uh, the group that has not only played their way into the conversation, at least one player, in my opinion, who we don't need to see anything more from. He's on the team. And I'll get to that in just a bit because the Cowboys finished off their training camp practices there in Oxnard, California, and it finally got a little bit spicy. If you've listened to the pod, you know one of the things that I personally was hoping for in this camp was that we would see a little sparks fly. And my friend Patrick Walker there at DallasCowboys.com put it very eloquently. He always does. Alumni of blogging the boys, of course. Uh, he, He put it very eloquently when he said, you know, when iron sharpens iron, sometimes sparks are going to fly. And that's what ultimately happened here there on Wednesday. Uh, The first exchange really was just an exchange of words between Brock Hoffman and defensive end Sam Williams, but that ended in a massive scrum when Hoffman kind of pushed Williams away or Williams meant to kind of make a move and, and a kerfluffle ensued. They got everybody back on the same page. They were practicing right after that, right? But 20 minutes later, the big one, 
when Micah Parsons and Tyler Biotish, two presumable starters and all uh, and Pro Bowl players for the Cowboys, became the centerpiece of a scuffle when Micah tossed a couple of punches at Biotish's helmet. They calmed the two down, of course. I mean, everybody on both sides kind of talked it down after that fact. And I think, personally, this is kind of something you have to see from your team at some point in training camp. Now, it's not necessarily something you want to see. Right. Mike McCarthy spoke to the team afterwards and said, you know, basically, we're too smart to be doing this dumb crap here so late in the day. And I get what he's saying. No point in risking injury in that type of setting, especially as they're preparing for their dress rehearsal. But at the same time, right, they these guys, especially the defense, they only get so many opportunities to establish a mentality that they're going to have to carry over into the season. And it doesn't just turn on like a light switch, in my opinion. It doesn't. You can't just go into week one. Now, granted, there's going to be a lot of players, right, on this defensive side of the ball who have won't, who won't have seen a snap here in preseason game action. But that's not what I'm talking about. Because here on the practice field, these guys are going hard at it every day, and they only get 10 days where they get to put on pads and actually go at one another, actually hone their skills in the setting that they're going to see throughout the regular season. So to me, that is a positive thing to see, especially when no one winds up being injured out of it. Everybody, you know, winds up shaking hands. J. Ron Kerr said afterwards, you know, that's just how things go. When you're going up against a bunch of dogs on the opposite side, it just brings the best out of you. We're just trying to continue to work and trying trying to bring these guys along. When you come out here and you go against us, it's going to bring out the best in you. And to me, like Micah, D-Law, this is Really a credit to the leadership group, Dak and, and Tank and all those guys on both the offense and the defense because of the fact that everybody dials in to these types of situations. And really everybody was involved in both of these scrums in, in a positive way, right? Again, everybody, you may see the media try to make a big thing about this, but I think here around those who have seen this team for a long time, this is a good thing to see from this Cowboys team as they're preparing for Seattle. So let's get to that, shall we? The Cowboys have a preseason game coming up, and they've got to be extremely excited with kind of where things are now. To me, from my standpoint, the injury factor, the the fact that they have not sustained a major injury to their starting 22, effectively, is really remarkable. And I I struggle to remember a season anytime recently where you could say that about both offensive and defensive units, that they didn't take one single blow to those units prior to suiting up before week one. But it kind of appears that we're on track to do that. Cross our fingers, of course, because we'll still see a couple guys that we're going to be counting on in week one here on Saturday night. One guy, though, I don't think we need to see anything at all from. And you don't need to be a film guru, okay? You don't need to have watched all his college tape. You don't need to have spent hours in a dark room in front of a white screen digesting what Deuce Vaughn was capable of at the college level or against Big 12 talent. None of that stuff matters all that much. 
What does matter is the long run he had there on Saturday against the Jaguars. One run. Turn on the film. Hit it up on Twitter. It's easy to find. One run is all you need to see from this guy to tell me we're good. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're good. I don't need to see another thing from Deuce Vaughn. And I think the Cowboys would be in their best interest to not play Deuce Vaughn on Saturday night. Now, that might have some Cowboys fans a little upset simply because of the excitement factor. I want a reason to be able to tune in this game. From a fan standpoint, right, I'm going to be watching anyway because it's just kind of what I do. But... From a fan standpoint, I can understand people who will argue, hey, I need some sizzle to this game to kind of make me get into it a little bit, right? Otherwise, I'm going to be out by the end of the first half. And that's understandable. But to me, I would rather preserve Deuce Vaughn, not only for the health factor, because I don't want to risk his injury at all. I believe he's going to be a pivotal part of this. I think after what they've seen in one week, he's made the roster. That's a given. You know, a funny thing about running backs, we talk all the time and everybody's talking about how value is not there. Well, you want to know where the greatest value is in running backs? When you draft them in the fourth through the seventh round. Because now you get a guy in his prime that has the potential ability to deliver for you three or four prime years of his career now granted if he like actually blows up for two seasons maybe he holds out and gets a little bit bigger of a payday but even still what deuce vaughn just showed in a a handful of snaps on saturday shows that he can be a weapon in this league and he is going to be a contributing factor to this team so i mean hey they don't You know, they have other running back options and they might want to get him a little bit more NFL action. But I love and I think most Cowboys fans have love what I see from Deuce Vaughn. And I would have no problem if they didn't play him in this game. Now, one thing some maybe Cowboys fans will say about that is, hey, for all of his weaponry, Bruce really needs to get back there and and work on his pass blocking, right? We got to figure out whether or not he can protect Dak Prescott in a passing scenario. I'm not necessarily sure if that's true. I'm not necessarily sure if that's true anymore. And here's why. Yes, there will be times when he will have to stand up against a linebacker. He'll have to do, you know, the cut block move and he may get either blasted or he may get run through. 
But I think one of the things that defenses now will have to be aware of, and that guy sprinting up the middle is going to have to have in the back of his mind or really in the corner of his eye, is, is Deuce Vaughn trying to block me? Or is he just trying to get out of my way and create an angle so that he can catch a pass from Dak Prescott and leak out in the flat and do his danger in space? Because what Deuce Vaughn may have, and some players do have this from a talent standpoint, what he may have is the ability to slow down a pass rusher simply by virtue of the fact that if he gets open extremely quickly and provides Dak with a simple dump off or one of those little sidearm passes where Dak Prescott can just slide it through a pair of defenders into his arms and he runs for 15 one time, and that's going to slow that player up on that pass rush by just a quarter of a step. It, it, it changes things. And so that's where I say, hey, maybe he is so talented. Now, you know, Zeke, even Tony Pollard to an extent, I don't know if they're in that area, in that stratosphere where I would say, hey, don't block the guy because I know you can get out in space. Deuce Vaughn, though? Deuce Vaughn? Deuce Vaughn? This kid can do it. I think this kid can do it. So for me, I don't need to see anything more from Deuce Vaughn there on Saturday against the Seahawks. I'm fine with how he's performed up to this point. I'm fine with the usage. You know, I wouldn't even really have him back there for any kick returns or anything like that. But I guess to be fair, I, I think the Cowboys may wind up using him just a little bit. So we'll see how that goes. But for me, and I bet for a lot of you out there, Deuce Vaughn is, is firmly on your roster. Right? He's firmly on your list. Unfortunately, you know, I also think in looking at the roster construction, that means that they're probably only going to run with three running backs. I don't see how they can carry four, even with one of them potentially being a fullback. I know my guy, Tom, loves Lipke. And, hey, I'm a fan of him too. I just think that there are more pressing needs. There are more players that will contribute on a larger scale at different areas of your team, specifically on your defense and in the secondary, that I need to keep over running backs. So, you know, Rico Dowdle and Malik Gathers and Ronald Jones to an extent because of that two-game suspension, he's already behind the eight ball. But these guys are kind of playing for that third spot, in my opinion. So if you want something to watch for potentially, right, to me it's the battle between Malik, Dow Malik Davis and Rico Dowdle and how each of them performs uh, given their respective roles, and also how they how they roll them out there, uh, how they uh, play those guys. On to the next positions within the offense that I'm at least interested in seeing or, or have some thoughts on. I was a little surprised by the way that they played Cooper Rush and Will Greer in week one. I, I thought maybe they would split the time, and it was much more... Very little Cooper Rush, like almost treated as the starter, and Will Greer the rest of the time. I think they may go 50-50 more in this game. I don't know. I haven't heard a lot of things out about whether or not Will Greer is really in the running for that number two spot. It feels like perhaps no one's talking about it because of this new three-quarterback rule that doesn't affect the three uh, the 53-man roster on game days. Perhaps for that reason, you don't really need to have an established number two and number three quarterback. You can just say, hey, these are my two backups and and go with it. But uh, I'd be interested if there's anything at play there 
when it comes to time and snaps regarding Will Greer and Cooper Rush and how they handle things there on Saturday. Um, other offensive players that I'm looking at, you know, I, I'd still like to see more of him, but I definitely feel he's made the team without a doubt. And that was it was going to be a long shot that he would in any way. But Jalen Tolbert, um, two catches for 29 yards and a touchdown. Yes, the stat line, not overly impressive. The most impressive play in that game was the offensive pass interference that I really thought was kind of ticky tacky when you looked at the uh, when you look back at the video. He was called for an offensive pass interference in which he caught a pass as he was kind of tiptoeing towards the sidelines and extending out. Obviously, the catch doesn't happen on the stat line, but on the replay, it was pretty impressive. He just looks like a different player. It's not just the preseason game. It's all the words out of training camp. It's everything that we heard about in OTAs and minicamp that this is where this is a player where the light is turned on, right? For some guys, it takes a little bit longer. For Jalen Tolbert, the light was off year one. You can basically consider that a redshirt year, in my opinion, based on where he was in terms of his confidence mentally with the game plan and with the offense. Well, he's playing instinctually now. Everything that he's doing, according to sources that have watched him out there in training camp, but also what you can see there on the field as he made a nifty move there to score an easy touchdown and make Will Greer's job look easy – Jalen Tolbert is right. He's going to challenge Michael Gallup for that third wide receiver spot if Michael Gallup doesn't return to the level that we kind of all expect him to, which was pre-ACL, right? If Michael Gallup's just what Michael Gallup was a year ago this season, I think Jalen Tolbert's got a legitimate opportunity to become the number three wide receiver here in Dallas. So that'll be an interesting angle to watch as well. None of the other wide receivers are really exciting me all that much. I mean, I feel like Cavante Turpin is a lock as well on the roster. So that really only leaves one extra wide receiver spot and all the rest of the guys that could potentially fill that role for the Cowboys. I could swap them out, right? I could swap them out and say, Hey, Simi Fajoko, uh, you look just fine today. Uh, Jalen Cropper, uh, Jalen Brooks, like you look just fine today. Dennis Houston, you had a nice little day. Like they could all have these potential days, but I don't really know if I've seen where the Cowboys are going to settle on that. So if you are looking again for position battles to watch, I think it's that six wide receiver spot. Simi Fajoko, Jalen Brooks, Dennis Houston, Jalen Cropper, right? Uh, Dontario Drummond, David Durden, all these guys. Uh, these are guys to potentially look out for. Now, those aren't the pass catchers, though, that I think people will be most interested in because one tight end kind of established himself as the guy there in preseason game number one. That was number 87, Jake Ferguson. Jake Ferguson looked like the number one tight end. And that wasn't just from catching passes he you know was in on a lot of snaps early on uh it was nice to see luke schoomaker out there number 86 but he didn't really do all that much that flash think right now if we're a little bit nervous all right it's nice to see ferguson kind of stepping up into that role but i've been sounding the alarm on this schoomaker a little bit 
I've been sounding the alarm a little bit on the tight end position as a whole, feeling like, hey, I know we felt Dalton Schultz didn't do a whole lot or didn't do as much as he maybe could have, but we're taking quite a step back here. And I do think that has to be acknowledged. They got worse at the tight end position. And even if Jake Ferguson is coming along nicely, that's that's good to see. Maybe someone can step into that role and at least fill that void to where we don't feel like or notice that Dalton Schultz is missing drastically. But up to this point, I think we've all maybe been a little disappointed in Peyton Hendershot. And sure, it's nice seeing this young kid, John Stevens, kind of come out of nowhere and start to get some shine converted wide receiver turned tight end who they're trying to roll out there as well. But to me, the fact that he is shining a little bit it takes a little bit away from what these other guys haven't done, right? It shines a light more so on what these other guys haven't done outside of Jake Ferguson. So I am interested to see how the tight ends roll out there. And, hey, maybe this is a game where they play a lot of three tight end sets. I wouldn't mind them doing that because all these guys, in my opinion – need to get some run, and if I know that I'm basically sitting three wide receivers, potentially four very soon with Jalen Tolbert if he does show out there early, uh, I'd like to have some pass catchers out there. I wouldn't mind seeing a couple of three tight end sets and seeing what these guys are capable of in that role. Um, Along the offensive line, I mean, it was a so-so performance. I think Brock Hoffman has solidified himself as the backup center to Tyler Biotis right now, that's his job to lose. And for that reason, Matt Willetsko potentially needs to be on watch, right? He needs to have his ears up and really needs to put together a great performance against Seattle on Saturday to solidify his roster position. Number 79, obviously the Cowboys fifth rounder there uh, uh, a season ago. And Willetsko has been a versatile weapon for them. I mean, they've used him inside the line and outside. Right now, he's listed as the backup right tackle behind Terrence Steele. Um, Josh Ball, they moved from tackle to guard, obviously. You saw him in a little bit of a guard position. And he was okay in that role, I thought. He was okay there. So, uh, to me, if anybody's on the offensive line that I'm just kind of looking at, uh, well, let's go. And Farniok are two guys that I'm going, uh, all right, Matt, what do you got? for me and what are you going to show me that shows me that you'd absolutely deserve to be on this roster because if not i may take my chances with some young guys or these could ultimately be the guys that to me maybe don't get cut right at the 90 man cut down right when it goes from 90 to 53 but when everybody else makes their 90 to 53 man cut downs there's probably a player out there that the cowboys would prefer over one of these two guys if they're still in, you know, kind of performing to the level that they have been. So to me, those are going to be the things to watch for on offense. Wish they wouldn't roll Deuce Vaughn out there, although they probably will. It's a battle of the sixth wide receiver position, obviously, uh, because I think the first five are pretty much settled. And then the tight ends, hey, let's roll them all out there and see what they got. Same thing with some of these backup offensive linemen. Wouldn't mind seeing them out for nearly a full game just to see what they're capable of. On the defensive side, we'll roll Mozzie Smith out there again. Absolutely. Get him a couple more snaps. Look the part as a run stopper. 
in week one, right? Looked the part, and he was involved in a little bit of these scuffles there on Wednesday as well. You would expect him to, as he was a guy who earlier this season said, you know, he's not that interested in playing football. He just likes to hit people. Well, he had an opportunity to do that, and he took advantage of it here on Wednesday. Um, but Mozzie, if if you had anything to say from a critical standpoint with Mozzie Smith and John Owning with PFF pointed it out in his film review, he was just a little bit slow off the line. Um, that negated a lot of what abilities he does have to penetrate and create havoc in the backfield if he's slow on the snap count. And it's not something that gets talked about a lot. That's why I appreciate John because he really does look at kind of a, a deeper look at things. All the guys that look at the deeper stuff, I really enjoy. And for that reason, you know, Mozzie can be a dangerous weapon. He could develop into something really special. And what was it excited to see him and Jonathan Higgins out there, right? In fact, they lined Mozzie up on the four technique, right? They they lined him up on the outside tackle on his inside shoulder and had him rushing the passer in that fashion. So that was a, a unique lineup for him that I love to see more of. Jonathan Hankins was also on that same line there. Uh, and and it's it's unique to see what what Dan Quinn can come up with and roll out there. So I'm loving all the all the options that are presenting themselves on the defensive side of the ball. And you know, outside of like the main guys, the big ones, the veterans, you know, Demarcus Lawrence said this week that uh, he has no interest in playing fake football as he basically described it. Well, it's not fake to the guys they'll be suiting up and trying to earn a roster spot, but to a guy like Demarcus Lawrence, it is pretty much fake because he's been established for almost a decade now. So for tank, absolutely stay on the sidelines. Micah Layton, you're chilling Gilmore have a Gatorade, right? Trayvon go hang Donovan Wilson, you're, you're chilling. All you guys are good, right? Yeah. You're hanging out. J-Rod Curse, go have, you know, go have fun. Get you a hot dog. Get you some popcorn. Enjoy the game. Uh, but the rest of you, right? Damone Clark. Damone Clark, dude. I, uh, I mean, all right. That one, kind of like Deuce Vaughn, right? I'm good. I know De- Damone Clark is here. Damone Clark is here and here to stay. If they want to play Damar Vion over Sean oh, all day on Saturday, I'm good with it, right? I'm good with it. Unfortunately, you know, they had Malik Jefferson go down last week. They're a little bit light there. Obviously, Jabril, Jabril Cox has been working in that role as well. Uh, so they probably, probably have to play Damone Clark to a certain degree there on Saturday. But we don't need to see a lot. He was flying all over the place. He looks like a special weapon. Um, if Micah wasn't doing what he's doing, think we'd be talking about Damone Clark as the next rising star on this defensive unit. And there's a lot of potential guys, but I do think Damone Clark is going to be that guy. Um, so we'll see how that plays out. DeMarvion Overshawn, though. Uh, Jabril Cox, right? Numbers 35 and 14, respectively. Keep an eye on those guys because they should be getting a lot of snaps. And those are guys that I'm going to have a keen eye on as well. Um, you know, from a defensive side of the ball... I just don't know if a lot of really seats were shuffled after week one. Wanye uh, Thomas, great play, excellent play there, picking off Trevor Lawrence, made a little bit of a name for himself, could be 
a backup safety. And this is where I, I kind of was, you know, I alluded to it there talking about the running backs and not necessarily wanting to keep four of them, why you couldn't keep four of them. And I think the answer is here on this back end. Okay, let me go over the list and tell me, which of these guys are you not keeping around? Donovan Wilson, Malik Hooker, Gravon Diggs, Stephon Gilmore, J. Ron Curse, Nashon Wright, Israel Mukuamu, Deron Bland, Jordan Lewis, Kelvin Joseph, Marquise Bell, and Wanye Thomas. And Eric Scott. I didn't even say Eric Scott's name, but there's 12 names there that are absolutely legitimate contenders to be on this roster. Maybe 13. And that's the argument, right? I didn't even say Tyler Coyle's name. Right? I didn't even say it. So there's a lot of names and there's a lot of potential players. A good player is going to get cut on this back end on the Cowboys. And it's a player that we're all, as a Cowboys fan base, going to keep an eye on when he goes because he's going to get signed somewhere else. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. One of these guys, Bell or Scott or Wright or Joseph or Coyle, one of these guys maybe multiple of these guys, you know, and CJ Goodwin didn't even mention him either, but special teams specialist, they love him. Hard to cut a guy like that. So one or two of these guys is going to get signed somewhere else. And when they do, we're basically going to track that guy's season. And we're going to be asking ourselves, Hey, should we have held on to him? Cause I think one of those two is going to be a good enough player that the Cowboys will ask themselves, did we make the right decision down the road? But that's a great problem to have. It's an amazing problem to have. There are probably 28 teams in the NFL that don't have that problem, that are searching all over, that will be picking off the scraps of what the Cowboys let go. So, I mean, keep in mind, still a lot to feel good about there on the defensive side of the ball. So, to me, those are the things to look out for. Uh, We'll see. I would imagine they have. Kevonte Turpin return a kick again this week. Probably good that he got that out of his system, right? Good to have one of those in the preseason just as a reminder. Hey, you need to be secure with the football. Let's not get too excited out there because it is just a special teams play, okay? I know he can make a big difference, right? Every now and then, I know he can make a big difference. Don't get on me about it, but it's still just like a special teams play, you know? Let's not lose the football. Let's not lose a possession just because we want an extra three yards. Okay, that's that's the critical part here to remember. So I think there's a lot of good. There's a lot of good from that first week. There's a lot of good building up to that week. I think this this fight on the last day of Oxnard practice, they're not quite heading back to Cowboys uh, or Dallas just yet because they're going to stay in Oxnard, fly up to Seattle here in a day and then uh, and then take their lumps. So, hey, make sure you guys are tuned into the channel again. YouTube. Live will be pregame and post. We'll have reactions, and we want you to get involved in the conversation. We love to engage with you, the listener out there. So, again, if you're interested, hit me up there on Twitter at RW3. Let me know your thoughts, what you're most looking forward to here with this second game. I feel like I've given you a decent little summary of what I'm looking forward to. Uh, but hey, um, that's kind of my take 
and where I feel about it. I feel like the Cowboys are in a really good position. Again, my favorite thing about this preseason has been that they haven't sustained any significant injuries. The fact that they haven't sustained any significant injuries is a godsend. It's a miracle. And it's something that I can't remember about this team in a very long time. So that's all very exciting. We'll see how it goes when they take on the Seahawks there on Saturday night. I'm Roy. Y'all stay riled up on the Cowboys, and we will see you next Thursday.